0: today. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to the book of 1 John. 1 John is not the 1 John in the New Testament, but it is the book of 1 John. It's right before 2 John. So if you get lost, go to 2 John and turn backwards and you'll get there. Uh, I apologize I didn't look it up in your pew Bible this morning, but uh, if you have your phones or tablets or electronic devices, those are pretty easy to find it as well. But we're going to be at 1 John chapter 4. You're going to see the passage on the screen as well. This morning, I want to read our text to us before we dive into this together. So would you follow along as I read from First John chapter 4, begin reading with verse number 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his, his love is brought to full expression in us. Father God, we come to you today, and we thank you for your word. It's your word that we read this morning. It's your inspired word that speaks to our hearts this morning. And I pray, Lord, that your word would become active and alive right now. I pray that you would hide me behind your cross and that it would be your word that is spoken today and received. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you a question as we begin today, and if you look at your outline, you'll see it's a sermon full of questions, so you may wonder where we're going. Uh, Hopefully God will give us some answers to fill in your blanks if you have your outline this morning. But the first question I want to ask you today is how many of you remember the first thing or the first person or the just your first love anybody remember your first love you just had an infatuation with whatever anybody remember their first love <laughs> thank you thank you yeah there could be so many different things it could be it could be so many different things when love begins to 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 bloom in our lives depending on what age we are or what we're going through it can take on many different uh, things. It can take on many different meanings. But today I believe we need to look at God's Word to what our, what love is really about. But if you can think back to what your first love was, let me share with you some of my first loves. I remember as a boy growing up, I loved sports. And I use that word very uh, loosely when it comes to sports. But um, I've also learned over the years that love is a very strong word. So we place love on things that we probably shouldn't. But as, as a young, uh, young boy growing up, I loved sports, and one of the things I did is I loved to watch baseball, and I loved to be able to watch it on TV, and living in Colorado at the time, we didn't have a baseball team before 1995 in Colorado, and so I had to watch what, what was ever on TV, and so I became a Chicago Cubs fan at an early age, and I loved the Cubs. I know. You'll notice that I don't really talk about this because I don't love the Cubs anymore. So as a young boy, I loved the Cubs. Why? Because I had access to them. I could watch them on WGN and I could follow them. And and I loved watching Ryan Sandberg play second base and Mark Grace play first base. And I loved it when they had good pitching and I loved it when they began to win. And I was one of those weird baseball nerds that I would go in my parents' bedroom and watch the game on WGN because nobody else cared about the Cubs. And I asked one time for my birthday that my parents would buy me a scorebook. Can you believe that? So I would go into there, and I would literally keep score of the game of the Chicago Cubs as a young boy, because I loved my baseball team. I loved the Denver Broncos. I loved to watch the Broncos. And, and I, I, even in growing up in Colorado, when they would, when they would struggle and uh we suffered through the Dan Reeves and the Wade Phillips era, for some of you that know what I'm talking about. And there were people in Colorado that began to hate the Broncos, but we stuck by them and we loved the Broncos. But even with the Cubs and the, and the Broncos, I wondered sometimes, do they really love me back? You know, I was, I was loyal to the Cubs. I watched the Cubs until the whole Bartman issue happened. And uh, many of you that are Cubs followers, you know what I'm talking about. And the curses began to be talked about again. And I, I literally, one day when that all happened, I threw my book down. I was so mad. I threw my book down. I said, never again will I cheer for the Cubs. And I vowed at that moment I would never cheer for the Cubs again. I don't think I have. It's kind of hard when some of the players change teams and you enjoy a player. But I will not cheer for the Cubs like I used to cheer for the Cubs. And, and I wonder sometimes with the Broncos, is, as I've been loyal over the years to the Broncos, and you're going to see a little bit later that I'm still loyal to the Broncos, I wonder if the Broncos ever have an appreciation for some guy in the middle of Illinois that loves their team. You know what? I've never received a birthday card from the Denver Broncos. I've never gotten um, any sort of appreciation for my lifelong allegiance to a team. Uh, even though they were my first love, even though it was something that I cared about and loved so much, it's not been a two-way street. You know, then I think about love and what it, what it means as a family. I, I love my mom and dad and my brother and my sister my family. I love my kids and my wife. And and sometimes there's times in, in our families where, where we extend that same word and those same emotions, those, that same allegiance to our family, and we love them. But there's times where we want that love to go both ways. Amen? And there's times when it doesn't. And I had one of those moments this week where God really checked me. It's funny how he does that when you're preparing a message and you're you're beginning to preach his word and dive into his word and he convicts you as the preacher. It's like, you're going to preach this. You've got to get this right in your own life. But I would get upset this week, this very week. You can ask my family about it. And I thought, you know, after all the things that we do as parents to provide for our kids and, and take care of them, the least they can do is pick up their stuff and show me they love me by doing things that make me happy. After all, I do so much for them, right? And God said, BJ, stop. Because really, love is not supposed to be a two-way street. Hang with me for a minute, okay? Okay. Hang with me for a minute. Sometimes love is not a two-way street. So that begs another question for me. Is love a one-way street or a two-way street? I just gave you the answer. But sometimes we think it should be one, and it's really the other. And we look at things in our life that we, we extend the word love to, and we may not really know what love really means, what true love is. And then we begin to ask ourselves, why don't they love me the way I love them? Why don't they extend the same sort of affection That I give to them and the two-way street is blocked and we realize that many times love is not always a two-way street and in fact unconditional love is not always a two-way street my love that I just shared for my family in that moment was conditional it was it was I was expecting a two-way condition I'm gonna take care of your needs you take care of mine that's how love works No, that's not how love works. Unconditional love says, you know what, I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to care for you no matter what. No matter what you give to me, no matter what you do to me, no matter your affection towards me or your hatred towards me, I'm still going to love you. I'm going to extend love in a one-way street that doesn't matter if you're coming back to me or not. You know, I think of, of love in this way, and I'm so thankful My kids that are in here are going to cringe at this statement, but um, I'm so thankful that God creates things in His creation that remind us of His unconditional love. Bear with me for just a moment. This is a bad illustration, I know it, but I'm so thankful that there's times when you come home to a, a dog that loves you, that knows you care about it, and no matter what you just did to that dog, when you come back in that door, it's like you never left. And they just surround you with their love, and it's almost annoying. It's actually why I got rid of dogs in our house. You know, I don't have any dogs now. But there's times when that unconditional love, it doesn't matter how bad you beat that dog for doing what he shouldn't have done. When you come back in that door, they love you so much. And I think there's ways that God is like a dog to us, where it doesn't matter how wrong we've done him, how many times we've messed up, we come back to Him and we say, God, I'm sorry. He comes and He just loves us. Like that faithful, unconditional love that He has for us. Amen? Aren't you glad that there's times when love is not a two-way street? That God's love for us is never dependent on what we do for Him. God's Word says to us, it says, there is nothing in this world or outside of this world that can separate us from His love. Sometimes we mess that up in church and we start talking about sin and conditions of love. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that we can be separated from the love of God. His love never fails us. No matter how bad you or I are, it never fails us. He will always love you. And we need to know that today. God's unconditional love will never fail us. But sometimes it begs the question as we go about our life and we begin to to learn about God and we begin to learn about his love for us, can other people see God through the way that you and I love them? I don't know. Let's take a look at this with some more questions about love and what true love is. And let's talk about these questions of our first love. The first question in your outline, if you're taking notes, is this. Where does true love come from? Where does true love come from? come from? Verse number seven. Let me refresh your memory. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Let's say that together. Love comes from God. We've just answered the question. Now we can go home, right? Where does love come from? Very simply, love comes from God. Without God, we would not even have a clue what love is. Because God is love. God is love. Love, if you have never thought of it this way before, love is a person. Love is a choice. And when we choose to love one another, we are choosing God. We are choosing God. I looked up the word love in the dictionary this week. I wondered really what the world's perception of love was. And so I went to a secular dictionary, and I looked up the word love. And here's some of the Definitions I found of the word love. Here you go. The first one, a profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person. I can see that. That's a a version of love. Number two, affectionate concern for the well-being of others. I like that too. That's pretty good as well. Then number three, the, the benevolent affection of God, capital G, for his creatures or the reverent affection due from them to God? Hmm. I was very fortunate to grow up in the parsonage. I was very fortunate to, to have a dad as a pastor, and he taught me from a young age what his definition of love was. This isn't in your outline, but I'm going to have it on the screen for you if you want to write these down. He, he taught me a very simple way to remember how love really was shown. and that He called it the ABCs of love. So I want to briefly go, go through that with you real quick. It's very easy. The first one is this. AA, I accept you as you are. Have you ever had people that just, um, they put conditions on you as a person without even knowing you? And they, they either accept you or reject you, really, before they even had a chance to get to know you? Has anybody ever had that happen to you? You don't have to raise your hand. I I have. That's not a fun feeling to believe. But the ABCs of, of true love coming from God is, I accept you as you are, warts and all. I accept you as you are. Number two, or B, I believe you are valuable. You need to know something today about God's love for you. God believes you are valuable. God knows that you are important, that you're just not some person taking up air and space. He has created you for a person, for a reason, for a purpose. And he believes you are valuable. If you get nothing else out of today, you need to know that God believes you're valuable today. C, I care when you hurt. This is very important. If we truly love somebody, if we truly want to show them God in our lives by the way we love them, when they're going through the pits, we don't need to kick them. C is not for kicking them while they're down. Right, I'm from Nebraska where the N stands for knowledge. Yeah. You, some of you will get that later. Uh, so C is not for kicking them. C is for caring for them. We care when people hurt. We care when they hurt. D, I desire God's best for you. I want to share a brief story with you. This is one of the things that, that I had to learn as a kid. This is driving me nuts. Anybody else? This one's hard for me sometimes, but it's gotten easier for me as I've gotten to understand what true love really is. I have a lot of baggage when it comes to dating and it comes to relationships, and and I was engaged twice before I proposed to my wife and married my wife, and I'm thankful for those lessons I learned. But one of the things I remember going through that time in my life that, that God really helped me to see was that no matter what those people did to me, I still desired the best for them. I still wanted God to bless them. And even though the relationship was over, I still desired that God would do something in their life to make them be all that God wanted them to be. And it doesn't even have to be romantic relationships. Think about your your person that you just grinds you. We all have those people. They just grind us. They're irritating. Uh, We don't want to go spend time with them. We're not going to probably invite them out to dinner Uh, but they just grind us. I want you to think about this definition when you think about that person. Do you desire that God would do something drastic in their life? That that God's best would be given to them? If not, maybe we need to reevaluate our love for that person. I accept you. I believe you are valuable. I care when you hurt. I desire God's best for you. And then E, this one's very important. I erase all offenses. I forgive you true love forgives. True love just doesn't say, I love you. It says, I forgive you. No matter what you've done to me, no matter what you're doing to me, I erase all offenses because I want to show you what true love really is. You see, God is love, and God has given himself to us to show us his love for us. And, you know, we get to share that love with others. And this is a simple little acrostic. You can, you can keep that with you and, and understand that when God shows us his love, we then need to take a piece of that love and share it with others as best we can. You see, the only way people will know us, the Bible says, is by the way we love them. The only way they'll know the Father is by the way his children love others. There's some, there's some gravity to those statements. You know, we've got to take his love, we've got to accept it in our life, and then we've got to go and share it with other people. Another bad illustration, but bear with me. For Christmas one year, my wonderful mother-in-law, she is not a Broncos fan. And so uh, when I first came over to their house one time, uh, I was wearing a Bronco hoodie and a Bronco hat, and she shut the door in my face. I said, this is going to be really good. Come to find out she's a diehard Kansas City Chiefs fan, and we just do not like each other when it comes to our sports teams. And that's okay. We've learned to get along. But my, my mother-in-law, Shelly, she has, she has humbled herself in a way that I can't even do. She, for Christmas, will always get me something Denver Broncos. And one Christmas, she thought it, she thought it was this was hilarious, but she thought she would get me this. Anybody know what this is? What? A snuggie. How many of you know what a snuggie is? It's a blanket you wear. A blanket you wear. So, so this was this. You can't see the whole picture there, but you put your arms in it, and it kind of looks goes like a poncho, and it covers your whole body, and it, it keeps you warm, and and you can you can you can actually walk around the house in one of these things. It's it's kind of cool, and. uh so she thought that was so hilarious to give me this Bronco Snuggie. And mine looked almost exactly like that. It was, it was uh, almost exactly like that. But, you know, it doesn't just get sat in a closet. This was kind of what she probably intended me to do with it. And uh, this is kind of probably what she suspected I should do with it. You know, lounging on the couch, eating my cereal, watching the game, and all of my Broncos gear. Uh, that's not me, of course, uh, but uh, that's, that's, he's, got, he's got a life made for him right there. He's, he's decked out in Bronco stuff. But Shelly showed me her love by giving me something she knew I cared about. But here's, the story doesn't end there because I thought this was such a great gift that I wanted to share Shelly's love for me with somebody else I knew would love it. And so about a year later... I took that same gift and I re-gifted it. I'm not going to ask how many have ever done that. Um, and I gave it to my sister, who's a huge Bronco fan, and she loved blankets and she loved to be able to cover up. I don't care for blankets that much. And so I gave it to her and I thought, you know what, she'll love this thing. She'll think it's so great. And she did. She accepted it and she loved it so much. It did not make my mother-in-law too happy. But I say to her today, Shelly, I loved it so much I had to share that love with somebody else. You see, Shelly, that's what true love is. we got to spread the love. You see, true love comes from God. And when it comes from God and we receive it, then we're called to go and to share it with other people. So what's clear to me about this passage, though, and we must be careful, is when we choose to love one another, when we choose to love others, we're choosing to accept God's love in a way in our life. Our passage says, they, you will love, love comes from God, so when you love others, you love God. You're choosing to be part of His team when you love others. But here's the thing we've got to be careful of, because if that's true, that means the opposite's true as well, and our passage talks about it. When we choose not to love one another... We're basically putting our arms up to God and saying, God, I don't need what you have. Mm. It's not that we're rejecting the person. In essence, what we're really doing is we're saying, God, I don't need this from you. Mm. That's even bigger than saying, you know what, I don't like so-and-so, and I have a hard time loving him. I have a hard time being around them." No, what we're doing when we're saying that is, you know, I don't really love God. I don't really think he's got this planned out for me very well. You see where that's a little tricky there? We've got to be careful because true love comes from God. God is love. And if we are God's children, then we will love others. True love comes from God. So the next question we've got to ask ourselves then is this. Where does love come from? Number two, how is true love displayed? How is true love displayed? Verses 9 and 10 say this. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we may have eternal life through Him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. How is true love displayed? A couple different ways here. True love is displayed first by love from God through Jesus Christ. That's how God displayed His love. He displayed it through Jesus Christ, His one and only Son. The sacrifice was not something to be taken lightly. You have to see, if, if God put something in Scripture for us to read, we need to probably take it to heart. And the thing that I need us to see here, we're going to talk about it a little bit more tonight as well, is that it says, His one and only Son. His one and only Son. You see, God didn't have sons number 2, 3, and 4. God didn't have another backup plan if this son number one didn't work out. You see, when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he'd lived his entire life and he knew what was coming, if Jesus, being fully man at that moment, says, God, take this cup from me, and then he chose to walk away from that cup, there's no other son to come and do the sacrifice. Do we realize how important that is today? Jesus, the one and only Son of God, mean something. Why? Because when Jesus was living here on the earth, God didn't have Jesus sitting at his right hand anymore. Jesus wasn't there kind of helping him navigate the waters. Jesus is on earth trying to live out the sacrifice and the purpose of his love for this world. And we need to see that, that true love is displayed through God, in God, through Jesus Christ and his life lived here on earth. God is love, and God sent His one and only Son to earth to die for us because He loved us so much that He sacrificed so much of Himself for us. The ultimate selfless act was given to us. Why? Because we were His first love. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you're going through life and you've lived a life of turmoil and rejection and heartache and, and hard things to go through. But have you ever realized, stop to think about the fact that you and I, we are God's first love. And he wants nothing more to have an intimate relationship with his first love. And the only way he could restore that sin that took place early on was to send his one and only son to earth. To make the ultimate sacrifice. Why? Because his first love was disconnected from him. And he wanted that connection back. Love is displayed from God through Jesus Christ. And then because of this love being a command for us, it's also displayed this way. We must allow God to make us more like Christ. We must allow God to make us more like Christ. If God sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, who was God in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, and then after Jesus has died and, and buried and raised to new life again, we are commanded to become more Christ-like, are we not? So if we're not careful, we can we can pervert that, but that's not God's intention. God's intention is truly out of what His first love is for, Because he says, you know what? I'm God. I am love. I'm going to display my love through the person of Jesus Christ, who is fully God and fully man. And now he's come to earth to be the example and to be the sacrifice. And now he's made the sacrifice so that I can be one with my prized creation, my first love again. And guess what? I want them to be like him. Because if others that don't know Him want to know me, they're going to know them. And if they're like Him, they're going to know me. So true love is displayed by us becoming more like Christ. Now, here's the catch here. We can't do that on our own. Now, I know we're all good Nazarenes in here. And we have rules and regulation that help us to live that out. I understand that. But it's only through God that we can be made like Christ. It's only through His work in our lives that we can be made like Christ. So how does it happen if it doesn't involve us? It happens by us saying, you know what? I surrender everything. It's all yours. Whatever you have for me, it's it's all yours. My will, my way, no more. I want your will. I want your way. My love, my perversion of what love is, my two-way street of love, my conditional love, no more. I want your love. And when we open ourselves up to allow God to shape us and mold us and break us, what he's doing is he's making us more like Jesus. It's not so that we can be some God here on earth. There's only going to be one God in flesh, and that was Jesus Christ. But we can become like Him in the way we live our life, in the characteristics we exude, in the love that we share with others. It can be the same love that God has for us. So, so this kind of came to me in a, in a really cool way, I thought, this week. And it was very humbling for me to accept this, but I believe I'm supposed to share it with you today as well. We are to show true love, God's love to, to one another, but why are we supposed to do it? Here's, here's what I believe God's given me this week. Because God is love. But be also because Jesus is God in human form. And because we are to be like Him. Seems very simple. It seems like it's almost too simple to, to be true. But that's really what it is. God is love. Jesus is God in human form. And we are to be like Jesus. That is how true love will be displayed. When we get to know the person of Jesus, we're able to more clearly see God. And when we accept and receive God's love through Jesus, we are then able to love others the way God loves us. You see, where does love come from? It comes from God. And how is true love displayed? It's displayed through Jesus Christ and through us being made more like Him. And then finally, what happens when love happens? What happens when love happens? When love takes place, when love happens, then others see God through our choice to love them. In other words, the world will see God through our love to them. Verses 11 and 12 say, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. Full expression in us. That stuck out to me this week. What does full expression of God's love really mean for us human beings? How can we continue to display that love? What happens when love really happens? Well, this is what happens. Full expression in us. Well, what is full expression? Full expression is we are continually living in a love relationship with God that flows out into all other relationships we have. Here's the way I want to break that down for us today. Full expression of God's love is not a random act of kindness. That's part of it. But full expression of God's love is a way of life. Full expression of God's love is everything we do goes back to those ABCs. Amen? I'm going to accept you. I'm going to believe you're valuable. I'm going to care when you hurt. I'm going to to desire God's best for you, and I'm going to erase all offenses. In other words, when somebody comes to us needing love, we're not going to look at them as a situation or a circumstance. We're going to look at them the way that God looks at them. We're going to see them in a way that that God sees them, and and with new, new eyes and new light. And God's full expression of love is made completely and totally true when we begin to see the world as God sees it when we begin to live out God's love to the world. Well, pastor, the world is an evil place. How can we really love the world? I can love the world because John 3.16 says that God so loved what? The world. It doesn't say, for God so loved evil. It doesn't say, for God so loved the hardships in life. It says, for God so loved the world. He loved everything in the world. It's so much so that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for every person here. I can love the world because God loved the world. And I need to show the world God's love because without us showing the world God's love, how will they ever see God? Mm. What happens when true love happens? (laughs) We are the full expression of God's love. We are a life-changing transformation takes place. And it's a continual way of life. It's a continual way of life. So it begs some other questions this morning. How are you displaying God's love to those around you? Are you showing others that you have chosen to be on God's team by by showing love or are you showing others that you're rejecting God because you can't love them well pastor you don't know how they've hurt me you don't know how they've broken me down you don't know the, the, the hardships that I've had to deal with with people you're right I may not but God still loves them and God still hopes the best for them God still wants everybody to be in heaven How can He want everybody to be in heaven if they've wronged me and they've hurt me and they have not loved me the way I love them? I don't fully understand heaven, Pastor Greg, because I'm not there yet. Those people that have hurt me in my past, I hope and pray and I desire God's best for them, which means I desire that they be in heaven with me. But instead of being scared of that, can we really say, God, help me to love the people that have hurt me the most because I desire your best for them. I desire that nobody would perish and go to hell. I desire that those people that have stabbed me in the back, those people that have spit in my face, those people that have wronged me so much and it's not a two-way street, I desire that they're sitting at my table in heaven. Why? Because I need to show them the full expression of your love. What happens when true love happens? The world is changed because you and I who choose God, we choose love. You and I who choose to be on His team, we choose to come here every week for whatever reason. We choose to come here because we're choosing Him. We're saying, God, You are love. You chose me, now I'm choosing you. And when we choose Him, the command then for us is to love the world around us. God help us. Full expression of true love. I would argue (laughs) we can't do it on our own. You and I cannot do it in our humanness. But we must continually allow God's love to flow through us, to share with others. Amen? God is love. Jesus is God in the flesh, and we are all called to be more like Jesus Christ. We are called to love others. So as we close today, I want you to think about these two questions in your own life. Who are you loving towards Jesus? What do you mean by that question, Pastor? Well, sometimes I've, I've talked to a few people actually this week that have told me they've had close relationships to them, but they realize that now God has kind of given them permission or God has kind of given them an openness to realize they may not be the person who reaps the harvest of people coming to know him. And they're wondering, what can I do? If, if they're so hard-hearted to me right now, what can I do to continually show them God's love? If they're tired of hearing it from me, and they, it's turning them off, and it's becoming a stumbling block for them to know God, then we as Christians have to be careful of that, and that's, that's a sad place to be. But I believe that God wants us to really love people towards Jesus. You don't have to. You don't have to preach the Gospel to show them God's love. But you do have to act like you know what love is. You do have to show them who God is by the way you love them. Jack, I've been picking on you lately, and I'm sorry, but you have a saying that I just love, and he said it many years. Many of you have heard it. I don't know, it's probably not original to Jack. Knowing Jack, he probably got it from somebody else. But he says, I don't have to like you to go to heaven. i got to love you. God, help us. God, help us to love people towards Jesus. Help us to love people towards Jesus. So what are you doing? Who are you loving towards Jesus? Who are you making sure that you're going out of your way that they realize that God is love? And the way God's love is shown to them is through you. Who are you loving towards Jesus? The second question I have for you is, what ways are you continually living in God's love? The reason I ask this question of you, and I want you to sit on this and ponder this as you go away from this place today, is because it's a a continual process. You can't just decide in this very moment that, yep, I I accept God's love, I'm going to take it in, and then you walk out of here and you don't do anything different with your life. What ways are you continually living in God's love? Would you stand with me this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to close in prayer this morning. And I just want to ask the Lord to to have his way in these next few moments. If he's doing business with you, I don't want you to stop just because the message may be over if the holy spirit is prompting you there's somebody in your life that maybe you need to just show them god's love a little bit more continual in your life would you be obedient is there somebody in your life that you need to love towards jesus would you be obedient Or maybe you're even standing there this morning and you're thinking, you know what, I have had my arms stretched out to God. I haven't accepted His love. I don't understand it. I I can't grasp it because I fail Him all the time. Why would He love me so much? And maybe you're standing there and you haven't even accepted God's love today. I want you to know that you can today. That God loves you so much that He sent His one and only Son to die for you so that we can experience God's love firsthand and begin to live in that state of love towards others. So if you've never accepted God's love, I I would urge you today that maybe today's the day that you can accept His love. Maybe today the Holy Spirit's working on you and you're asking the question, do others even see that I love them? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pause in this moment. And Lord, I want to just pause in your love for a moment. I want to wade into that pool of unconditional love for just a moment. I want to enjoy the reality that, God, nothing in this world will separate me from your love. It's so extravagant. It's so extreme. It's so radiant. God, it is your very nature. It is who you are. God, may we never lose sight of that today. We can't just sit in your pool of love. You've called us, Lord. If we truly choose you and we choose love, that you've called us to love others. And God, I pray this morning that for each and every one of us, you would put somebody in our life that we can begin to love towards Jesus. That you would put somebody in our lives, Lord, that that we could begin to pray for. That we could begin to pray and say, God, I want to love them with your eyes. I want to love them with your love. I want to love them with your extravagance. Would you help me, God, to see them through your eyes? And God, I believe you will be faithful to give us those people in our lives that we can love like you love. And Lord, I pray that as we continue to do that, that it wouldn't just be a a one-time act, it wouldn't just be one person, but God, that you would help us, each as individuals, to continually live in your love so that your love can become a full expression that it was designed to do. Thank you, God, for the truth of your word. Thank you for loving us. And thank you, God, for helping us to love others today. We pray in Jesus' name, and everyone said together, amen, amen. As you leave today, grab your lunch to go and uh, be thankful. We'll see you tonight at 6.30.